What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Prepare to Fight Fire podcast. You got me, Julian, the firefighter coach, and I've got an amazing guest today in Eric Vidal. So Eric has an amazing, amazing, amazing perspective on life. His ambition and eagerness to dominate and be a better person every day is really the number one reason why I have him on this podcast. So a little bit about Eric. Eric was in the military for 10 years, and he's been a fireman for Miami-Dade for three years going on four. And um, let's go ahead and welcome Eric on board. Eric, thank you for coming, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna start this with a, a really easy easy intro into um, you know why why did you pick the fire service coming out of the military? Uh, so backtrack backstory, right? Uh, growing up in Hialeah, uh, we would have career day, and in career day we had these firefighters from the city of Hialeah come to career day, and bro, these guys were studs, you know, athletes, ex ball players. And these are these are people that you want to emulate, you know, when you're aspiring, when you want to grow up. So, uh, having been exposed to that, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted the camaraderie. I wanted I wanted the the brotherhood. I wanted the the profession. They were always so happy. I was like, oh, why are these guys always so happy? Why? <laughs> well, the reason why is because they get paid fairly well, right, to like help out people. You know, you show up on their worst day and they expect you to perform and. Luckily, we have training and experience on our belt to help out the community and help out those people. So that's what I wanted. So the reason why I became a firefighter was because I that's something that I had a void that I lacked in my life. And I wanted to I wanted to be part of that. I wanted to have that in my life. Also, yeah. Also, um, so I used to ride a motorcycle. Uh, real, real quick story. Uh, going down 95, taking the 395. One of my buddies got into a motorcycle wreck. Uh, he hit the the guardrail, and he was right in front of me. And I saw him like a rag doll, just tumble on the guardrail. And um, long story short, he was laying there lifeless. And me, I was riding right behind him. I saw the whole thing go down. I did not know what to do. I was a young kid. I was a what nineteen twenty at the time. Did not know what to do. I was just there, like I was a liability. I wasn't even an asset. I was like, bro, this guy is dying right in front of me. And I, I don't have the answers. I can't even help him out. Luckily, the city shows up. Firemen, they knew exactly what to do. They held his shoulder because his shoulder was like dangling because he had a broken clavicle. Uh, they performed medical services. They kept all the rest stuff inside, all, all the blood, all the trauma, injuries that he experienced. They patched him up. They loaded him up, they loaded him up in the rescue and they took off. Bro, they saved his life. Right. Like, wow. I want to do that one day. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. So let's let's talk about that career day. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, actually my brother-in-law, and we were talking about you know how the public doesn't expect anything but the best when they call nine one one, and how we've earned that trust. We've earned that. At the end of the day, if you're not a fireman, if you're not a firefighter, um, and you see something, right, whether it be training, whether it be uh, guys and girls operating on a, a vehicle accident, operating a fire, operating a medical call. From the public standpoint, from the civilian standpoint, you expect that they're doing an amazing job. They're doing the best. They're they're they're, they're what they're doing is 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 literally saving someone's life. And when you're a firefighter, you and you see certain videos online, or you you witness a car accident and you see somebody come to help, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. 
And, you know, just talking about that trust, like the, from career day, like you just see, you see these guys show up and they're athletes, they're in shape, their charisma, their energy, and you just trust them, right? You trust them. And, and I don't want anybody on the other side of this podcast to ever forget how big of a burden that is from our standpoint of that, of, of, of having that trust. And we, we have guys that guys and girls that forget that that trust was earned over years of guys showing up and being that hero, showing up and putting the citizens before themselves. Um, and, and that that does not come lightly. And, and just like you, when you were a kid and you saw these guys, right, like you're like, man, these guys are they're heroes, you know, exactly. and that was that was earned. That was not given. So right. anybody listening to this, don't don't take that lightly. Don't ever let your actions betray that trust right don't ever let like a, a a moment of weakness a moment of of fatigue uh affect your decision making that would betray that trust from the citizens because it's all we have to be honest with you so i love it man i love it i love it so we'll roll on to, go ahead yeah i was a child you know i was innocent didn't know any better and you know these these guys and gals you know firefighters i was like studs Literally, right. I literally looked up to them because I was I was young. I was smaller than these like men and women, you know. So right, yeah, that bond, that trust is there because they 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 train. They have they have certain experiences, you know. They went to school, uh, etc. Uh, they're constantly training. They're constantly like you know sharpening their skills. You know, they have tools in their toolbox, and uh, they have a huge truck to <laughs> fix your problem. You know what I'm saying? They right. Have, so. Yeah, man, that, that's earned over the years, and um, you, I don't take that for granted. I don't take that lightly. You know, I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled to be part of this, you know, noble profession, and you know. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that before I go into the next thing. Noble profession. Um, what what do you what do you what is your definition of, of noble profession? What does that mean to you? Nobility. Yeah. It's just doing the right thing. Uh, you know, when no one's watching. Um, it's, it's giving your all and expecting nothing in return, um, you know, to include making the ultimate sacrifice. You know, right. we, we signed on this job knowing the danger of this profession, you know, and, and it's because I don't want to live a, a mediocre life. I'm not, not, I'm not taking away from anyone, um, you know, perceived as average or whatnot. I'm just saying I don't want to be average, right? So I'll go right. above and beyond because at the end of the day, my name is attached to it. My name is attached to work, the craft, and it's not even that. It's about leaving an imprint. Like I want my family to be proud of me. I want my daughter to be proud of me. You know, I have a, a 13 year old little girl. You know, she's 13 when I'm 30, and I want her to be like, look, that's my dad. My dad did that. So, right, I love yeah. it, bro. Yeah, to to me, you know, a noble profession, a noble firefighter, a noble person. What I've been brought up, and you know, the leaders and mentors that I've had, is really. That silent professional. And what I mean by the silent professional is, is a professional that doesn't need a, a hand clap, doesn't need an award, right? He doesn't doesn't expect those things. Um, and, and that is noble to do exactly. something so heroic, do something so um, extraordinary and not need recognition on any on any front. It's funny because, um, you know, we, we have these awards, we have these uh, these pins that certain departments uh, issue to individuals that work in that department that have done a certain thing, uh, uh, resuscitate a, a newborn, 
uh, get Rosk on somebody who, who died, who was pulseless, lifeless, right? Saved their life, air quotes. Um, pull pull, pull somebody out of a, yeah, pull somebody out of a fire. Um, cut somebody out of a car. Um, you know, help somebody change a tire, right? All, all these things. And, and while I, I don't believe in awards and I don't believe in those ribbons or those, you know, those trinkets on your uniform, um, that they do stand for a lot. Right. And, and I believe that I don't need those things. Right. I, I, when I signed up to do the job, this is my personal opinion that I did it because we just talked about it's noble. Right. It's it's enough. Doing that act is enough for me. Right. And it's enough that I changed that person's life. And that's it. We leave it there and we move on to the next. Um, but I think, we, you know, as a society and as a fire service, we everything has to be a reward. Everything has to be a, uh, a a good job, you know, and 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 that's not what this 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 job this service is about. Back to that that noble profession. So, what's your, what's your take on it? Uh, I would tend to agree, right? All all these ribbons and all these badges and all these you know certificates, all that all that's all that's saying is you 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 did your job, you know, you showed up right. that day, you were prepared and willing, and you know you executed. Full stop. That's it. That's that's all that signifies. Some people, you know, uh, I guess need that, and some people could care less about that. You know, um, when it comes to that, I'm indifferent. Uh, you know, it's, you know, because like I said earlier, you know, my name's on it. You know, I, I want to show up. I want to, you know, it's it's fulfilling. It's it's serving a higher purpose than right. what I am. You know, and then, you know. My family being proud of me again. My little girl being proud of me, and you know, my brothers in arms, and my brothers and sisters in the fire service being proud of me. Like, yo, that guy, he he showed up and he did work, and and that's what it's all about, man. I mean, I really don't need a certificate, you know, that says I did this and did that. Uh, I served, I served overseas. I was in the military service, right? Like you said earlier, I served overseas. I came back home. There was no award. There was no like nothing. Good job, whatever, you know. And it was a fifty-month deployment. Right. And I saw some good days and I saw some horrific days, you know? So, and when you come back, it was like, if you were expecting something, you were going to be disappointed. So, you know what? I didn't expect anything from anyone. And I was just right. glad to be home, man. Yeah. Happy to be back, you know, and, and, uh, honored to defend what we have here, you know, honored to defend this country, def defend freedom of speech, you know, defend our, our living, our lifestyle. You know, I did that. We did that. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think and this is uh, I'm not speaking from experience. This is just from basically assumption. I think the biggest gift you got from that deployment was probably uh, perspective. Right. How you view things uh, when you come back to this beautiful place we live and not taking things for granted that everyday people do, um, you know, uh, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. Perspective, life experience, uh, resilience, perseverance. I saw men do incredible feats superhero shit you know <laughs> i saw average individuals do you know extraordinary things you know right and and people led you know men uh i gravitated i gravitated towards people that were leaders and you know i'll follow them anywhere you know so i'll always be grateful for that and then on the backside, you know some bad days right like today oh shit i'm gonna fucking die like today's right. a day and i had i had a handful of those days 
And I was like, you know, when you come back home, you're like, damn, I'm just so grateful that I made it because I have a really good buddy of mine and I want to give a shout out to John Winterbottom who didn't make it back home. You know, he was KIA, May uh, 07. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't get to experience what I've experienced. So, you know, it's, it's humbling and it's, and it's to live, you know, every single day. And just, you know, any day above ground is a good day. So, yeah, that's perspective. That's, definitely that's, perspective. And like you said earlier, uh, the sign professionals, definitely, man. We, uh, you know, every day, you know, men and women do incredible jobs that aren't recognized. But, you know, th- thankfully, they, they, they do those jobs because we wouldn't yeah. be here if we didn't have them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, So let's talk about, you know, we, we got together. We, we haven't known each other for a long time, but one one event, one situation can really bond, I believe, uh, a group of individuals or uh, or a pair of friends, you know, depending on what that situation is, right? Depending on what that experience is. Um, I think it's, it's different when you uh, expose yourself to, like we talked about, um, you know, rising to the expectation of physical fitness, of leadership, of mindset. And uh, just a quick story for you guys that don't know, me and Eric, um, you know, I, I never met him before and we met up and threw down for a workout. And, um, you know, Eric is a very, uh, you know, aggressive, passionate guy that wants to be the best. And, and so am I. So when we when you put those two together, you have to, you know, be the person you say you are. Right. And and with that comes a little bit of like hesitation of like, man, what if I let him down? What if he lets me down? You know, whatever. So. What we did was when we first started, I asked them a simple question. You know, why why do you do what you do? And so I, I want to talk to you, Eric, about that that mindset. Where do you cultivate the mindset that you have of uh, being better, of whatever you're a part of, you're 100% a part of it, and you give your all and expect nothing less? Bro, let me start by saying that my heart rate was over 200 beats per minute in that workout. <laughs> and I'm 40, bro. I'm 40 years old. If you take 40 minus 220, that's 180. I was I was past my threshold, so thanks yeah. for that. Well, first of all, let's let's go ahead and prove to everyone that that's a lie because you held that heart rate the entire time, so you're just fine, <laughs> bro. Bro, I, I was like, shit, damn, 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 Julian. Um, yeah. So cultivating the mindset of not being like, not going back to where it came from. Uh, let, you know, we all have a story, right? Everyone's got a story. Um. Mine's probably no different than from, you know, someone that, that hustles and grinds to try to be better a day and, and, and doesn't want to go back to where they came from type of thing. So, um, cultivating that mindset, I was, um, we're good. <laughs> how about that? Uh, Yeah. Uh, single parent home, mom raised me, mom raised me and my sister, and uh, we struggled. We lived in the, we lived in the projects, and you know it's it's this country affords you all the the possibilities and all opportunities to like be who you want to be and and you know achieve the th- all the things that you want to achieve. Bro, I just, I just never want to go back to where I came from. You know, right. I came from nothing. You know, mom she, she worked her ass off. She was a janitor, right? Just, just seeing her work ethic, and I, I just like, I just don't want to be mediocre, bro. I mean, I, right. I, 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's something I want to I want to spread a message to anybody listening is uh, understand that work ethic is is everything, but you also have to have a vision. You have to have um, a track that is going to get you where you want to go because work ethic is is not enough. Unfortunately, um, I know a lot of people, you know, growing up, mentors, friends, um, you know, family members that worked an entire life uh, relentlessly, right and they didn't have much to show for. It. And you, you have to understand that, you know, work ethic is a majority, but it's not everything, right? You have to have the vision, you have to have the goals, and you have to put yourself in position to succeed. And you have to put yourself in the group of people that are going to help you succeed because we can't do anything alone in this earth, right? And just me like add, me, add, go ahead. Let me add to that. So like I was saying, my mom was a janitor, right? My father was an iron worker. Me, I got to flew helicopters for the United States Army, right? I was supposed to fly helos for the for the army. My vision was shit. You had to have uh, twenty twenty vision. My vision was twenty one hundred. So what I, what did I do? I got my eyes done. I went I went to the LASIK center. I got my I did LASIK. Uh, I did PRK actually, which is a form of LASIK. But I got my eyes done. Um, you know, I had to take a test. It's called the AFAST. It's pretty much like an aptitude test. It's very logical and and in order. One of the things that hurt me was I didn't know any pilots or I didn't grow up with pilots. You know, I didn't know any pilots. I just wanted to be a pilot. So I knew that the, the mountain was over there and at the top of the mountain was flight school. And I was like, what, what the fuck do I have to do to get on top of that mountain? Do I have to get my eyes done? Check. I got to take a test? Check. What do I got to do? I got to go in front of the flight board and speak to a panel and like tell them, yo, I don't care about rank. I could be a private. I just want to fly helicopters. And at the time, I was a, a lieutenant in the U.S. Army. I was a, I was a second lieutenant because I had just graduated from OCS. OCS is Officer Candidate School. Grueling program, 14 month long. They just want you to fuck up. You know, it's such a long program. They're just like, go, here. How bad do you want it? And then, real quick, everything I've ever done was just show up. Everything I've ever done in my life was just show up. You gotta be here at this time in this uniform with the right attitude. I'm there. You know, it was like, and then essentially it was uh, participate to graduate. You know, you ever heard that saying? Fuck that. I'm not here to participate. I'm here to dominate. I wanna, yo, Vidal, do such and such. Copy, Roger, I'm on it. Mind you, you know, the more work you do or the better work you do, the more work you get. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll learn something in the process, you know, and then under, underlining that I was, I was getting paid to like learn, which is my favorite, bro. If I could, if I could be a student as a profession, like pay me to learn. Oh my God. Right. We grew up on MacGyver. I don't know if you remember MacGyver. Mm -hmm. MacGyver was this guy, this TV show that he showed up and he made an airplane out of a pocket knife. I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. How do you get to do that? (laughs) You know? So growing up with that, Growing up with all like the the Rocky movies, you know, the underdog always like triumphing and uh, just wanting to learn everything. That way you're an asset and not, and not a liability. You know, you're that guy. Then when you show up, people go, oh, yo, we're good. You know, this guy's good. This guy's solid. The, le- the last thing you want to hear is, oh, that guy's a nice guy. You know, hey, what, what do you think about such and such? I mean, yeah, he's nice. I mean, <laughs> yo, can he do the work? Like... 
Is he a slug? I mean, what? So I don't want to be that guy, bro. I, I work every single day not to be that guy. I work every single day to make, again, my little, my little girl proud, my family proud, my name. Every time they see my name on the roster, like, yes, this motherfucker's here. He's going to show up. Along with that, you got to stay, you got to stay present, bro. You can't be under the influence. You know, you got to stay like sobriety is the new flex nowadays. Everyone's like taking this, taking that to like not be themselves. You know, I just want to be myself, bro. Be present, you know, eat good food, uh, break bread with, with the, with the brotherhood and the sisterhood and, you know, do work. You know, I, I love it, bro. So we're going to, before we get carried away, cause that's another topic I want to talk about is sobriety, but, um, the mindset of participation, you know, let, let's talk about people say that all the time. All you have to do is show up. All you have to do is show up. And, and, and this is my perspective. I believe that just showing up is never going to get you anywhere but a good attendance, right? Anywhere but, you know what? He's reliable. He shows up, right? And, and, and we'll leave it at that. That's it. That's it. He's a body. But like you just said, if you show up with the right mindset, right, you, you hit the nail on the head. You got to have the right mindset. The mindset being I'm here to dominate. I'm not just here to be present, right? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for attendance. Like I've, I've arrived. Here I am again every third day. I'm just here. Like that is a waste of life. If you're going to partake in anything in life, if you're going to be a part of anything in life, why don't you give your 100%, make a difference, make an impact. That will give you fulfillment and you'll be a happier and better human than just being like everybody else who shows up to the bus line to ride the bus again every day and then get off the bus and then that's their life. Fast forward 70 years, you're about to die and now you've looked at your life as just showing up. Sorry guys, that's a that's a tangent I just went on, but I had to hit that nail in the head with uh, what Eric said. So. Um, let's roll into the next topic. So next topic we're going to talk about is sobriety. Um, you know, with our profession in my short 10 year experience, there is a heavy burden, right? Lack of sleep, uh, high, high priority calls that, that bring a lot of trauma mentally and emotionally. And, um, you know, just having a life to live outside of the fire service, people forget that firefighters are humans as well. And, um, we do have stressors. We do have responsibilities, priorities. And we, we have the thing called life that throws obstacles and, and struggles in our way to navigate on top of showing up to work every third day or whatever the schedule may be and being that hero, being the person that's reliable. Um, Eric, let's talk about sobriety and, and how that's really helped you be, be present, helped you show up as the best version of you. And I think above all else, there's no distractions, right? When you're sober, you're clear. Um, you know what's real and you know what's fake. Um, I think being drunk, being high, that's fake, right? That's 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 an that's, that's, a, that's an itch you can never fully scratch because it's not forever. It's very temporary. I'll go on to, I'll start my I'll start this conversation with this, bro. I was like 11, 10 years old, and my grandfather told me, "Listen, whenever you take on a task, whenever there's an issue, let's say you have to solve a problem, do it sober." Never do it inebriated, never do it under the influence because you're going to be hazy. You're not going to have the reaction skills that you normally have when you're 100%, right? You're going to be hindered. I was 10 years old, bro, and my grandfather was telling me this. 
I did not know what he was telling me at the time. You know? I'm like, what's this guy talking about? You know, what's this old man saying? <laughs> Fast forward, now I'm 40. Now I'm like, oh shit. You know what? My grandfather has a point. You wanna be a hundred. You know, you wanna be on edge. You know, you wanna be present. You wanna have your senses heightened. You wanna be fully aware of your of your surroundings. You want you wanna have that situational awareness. You know, we weren't it's not authorized to drink overseas. There's no alcohol consumption overseas. There's, that's for a reason. You know, sober 15 months, you know. Granted, we're in a war zone, right? Um, now, this, do I have to say disclaimer? Like, this, this has nothing to do with any, like, department or, you know, whatever. These are just personal opinions, right? I think sobriety is a new flex. I think being present, being present with your family, not being under the influence, being present in your, in your job, not being under the influence, that, that's the ultimate, like, advantage, you know? You have to have your senses heightened. Uh, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You perform better. You know, you react better. Your, react, your reaction time is, is, you know, not decreased. There's a movie called Man on Fire. Uh, you've probably seen a Denzel Washington, uh, um, was that guy, Christopher Walker. Um, he was like, oh, I drank to like slow my, like, you know, not to be so stimulated, overly stimulated or whatever. And then like, yeah, oh, but your reaction, your reaction time is still fast compared to others. Whatever. But imagine if he didn't drink, you know, he'll be on point. So, yeah, man, I, I hit 40 and it was like a switch. Like all my mentors say, you know, you got to be present. You can't be under the influence. You know, you, you give out, you give out too, too much information when you're, you know, under the influence, you know, your, your memory is foggy, your, your analytics, your, your, you fumble your words up. So yeah, I never understood why like all these guys, you know, Patrick Bet David, there's this guy named Patrick Bet David, you know, he's, he's done phenomenal things in, in his business uh, space. He says, I don't drink. And, you know, the list goes on for all, all the people that don't uh, resort to alcohol. And you know what? I, I understand that. Yeah, you you have to understand that uh, with anything in life, there's a, there's a give and take, right? And, uh, you know, I agree. Best, best believe that that take is coming, right? Something's going to be taken, whether it's like you just said, your ability to react, your ability to make, uh, you know, rash decisions your ability to control your emotions, your ability to um, have the right sense of, uh, you know, being present. Um, th those are all taken when you do take drugs, when you do drink alcohol. Um, and I think time and place is, is, is everything and understanding and respecting what you're doing with the substance or uh, an, an alcoholic drink, because in our line of work, we, we have very addictive personalities and, and we, we have this this thought process of need, need, need. When, you know, one of the most prolific things I ever heard was everything that ails you lies within you, right? So everything that's wrong with you, you can fix yourself with, with what God gave you, which is your human body, right? Your human body, your mind, that's all you need. You don't need a therapist. You don't need a, a drink. You don't need a drug. You don't need a certain type of food. Like you need to go within. You need to figure out what your what really makes you tick, right? And I'm not saying when I say you don't need a therapist, I'm not saying that therapy 
is wrong or there's there's you know something wrong with you having a therapist i think that time and place is everything and i've seen a therapist before and they do work and they do help but at the end of the day you have to work on yourself over time that's the only way you're going to fix whatever problems you're going through whatever hole you're in you're going to have to pull yourself out people will always be there to help you but understand that like whatever that you're going through you can fix it yourself you don't need any external things like drinks drugs uh you know any 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 vices is what i'm really getting at um so eric last thing that i want to talk about is what is uh, a lesson you've learned from the day you started to now that you wish you would have known uh being a firefighter so many lessons learned (laughs) all right so many lessons learned so let's let's talk about that we can keep it open we don't have to be specific to just one um well i'll share this being on the job was was not all that's romanticized in the movies and TV shows. And, you know, it's not every day is a fire, you know, every day you're saving lives or, or putting people out of a burning building. You know, those are far and few nowadays. Every uh, The majority of our call volume is medical calls. I had no idea, zero clue that there were so many ill people. You know, when I say ill, like, you know, um, whether it be a medical illness or a mental illness, you know, these are things that I wasn't exposed to or that I didn't know. So being aware of that, um, you know, uh, getting dispatched, and you can expect anything from everything on a, on a on a on a call. You know, I man uh, from saving kittens in the tree, like literally, like uh, uh, we had a call where there was a dog through a fence, and we had to somehow get this dog's head out of the fence. You know, luckily we we had some TRT guys, you know, technical rescue guys uh, on the truck that day, and they broke the fence. You know, so, um, you know, that life alert, help, I fall and I can't get up. You know, as a child, you see that commercial on TV, like, oh, that's, man, that's nonsense. No, that's a real prevalent thing nowadays. Like, in the geriatric community, um, they fall, they can't get up. They're like, wow, this is a real thing. So, uh, just the biggest thing is, like, you show up and you help people, man. You know, positive attitude, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. How, what can we do to help you? Um, and, and that's it, man. We show up and help out people. So how do you, how do you real quick, how do you keep the mindset so disciplined when you come to realize in this profession that your definition of an emergency and the citizens is completely different? Empathy, bro. You know, try to put yourself in that situation. Try to put yourself in that person's shoes. I mean, granted, every time you do that, they take a little piece from you or every time you do that, you know, yeah, it's, it could be overwhelming or exhausting, but take every call for what it is. Right. And then what can we do to help you? Uh, let's say is, is your family, is your loved one. You know, you, you hear this from instructors all the time. I hear this from mentors all the time, bro. How would you want your family to be treated? You know, let's say they have an emergency and some guys show, you know, some guys, gals show up to their place and how would you want your family to be treated? And that's what you have to keep in mind. Every time you answer a call f- uh, for the community, pretend they're like, you know, they're your loved one and how would you want them to be treated? And then that's, a, that's also respect, you know, treat others like you want to be, um, like you want to be treated as well. So I don't want anyone talking to me a certain way. You know, I, I think I've earned, you know, respect, you know, earned, given, whatever. I, I, you know, I talk to you a certain way with respect and mutual, 
and I want to, I want it to be reciprocated. You know, I don't right. want to be talked down to. I don't want to be talked to like I'm like I'm a child, or I don't want to be, be talked to in a condescending tone. Don't talk to me that way. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who right. you are. Whatever. If I didn't know something, my bad. I didn't know. Like, but don't talk to me like I'm stupid because I'm not. You know. Right. And that's right. what sometimes we forget. Like, we're human. They're human. But you know, as cliche as it is, let's just get along. You know, and right. They're calling, they're calling you in their moment of of need or emergency because that's how they perceive it to be. Right. You know, whatever it is, and period. That's it. I'm not saying anything more than that. So we showed up. We're here. What can we do to help? And then run the call, bro. Right. Run the call, girl. Like whatever, just run it because that's what we get. That's what we signed up for, right? That's what we get paid to do, and and I truly believe that. Now, people have their own opinions, right? They'll say, "Oh, X, Y, Z." I don't want to hear that nonsense, man. I mean, we got this bachelor already here. Let's make the best of it. And that, right. and that comes from experience. You know, that comes from like uh, dealing with situations or or. What is it? Coping mechanisms or coping with stress or whatever. You know, it doesn't really bother me. Oh, such and such. It doesn't really bother me. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're already here. Let's right. just go. Yeah, I think I think we 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 overemphasize something that is just very simple. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows something's not an emergency. Everybody knows something is not as big as a deal as that people are making it. And, and that's not, not even just on calls. Let's talk about at the station. You know what I mean? Like lessons that I've learned is sometimes like, you know, something that's small or getting blown out of proportion by other people. The best thing you can do is not add fuel to that fire. Right. You know, just get get it over with. All right. If somebody asks you to do something and you you think it's dumb or you think like there's no importance behind it, like it's not your place to think right now. Like it's your place to just do. And that's not saying don't step up, don't stand up for what you believe in. But what what it's saying is, is that most of the time we blow things out of proportion. And instead of just putting the fire out figuratively and in this train of thought, we add fuel to the fire and it's just not needed. You know what I mean? And negativity spreads, man. Let me tell you, um, I I don't say anything when a call comes in. Um, I run the call like you just said. When somebody asks me to do something at work, and I've learned this over time because I used to be that new guy or that younger guy that was like, would get infuriated by little things that didn't make much sense to me. And now that I've got some time on, things do make sense to me. And, and now I, I've adopted the perspective of having a fisheye lens, not a just one-on-one lens. A fisheye lens being, look at this from a bigger picture. Why are we doing the certain things? And, and let us not forget, this is lessons to anybody out there. Is if you don't understand why something is being asked to be done, or you you have questions, know when the right time is, do whatever is asked of you, and then at the end of the day, you come back over and you say, "Hey, can can I ask why this was done this certain way?" I'm not questioning your tactic. I just want to understand why we were doing this or why we responded this way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think you know I, I've I've definitely learned that over time, uh, and most people, good leaders, um, will will sit down and explain to you that there should not be an issue or there shouldn't be a problem of you asking to better understand the situation. But like I said, man, adding that negativity to any, any given situation doesn't do anything. You know, no, it's just, it's yeah. it, 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 that negativity can spread like a wildfire. You just got to stop it. You just got to nip it in the bud. You just got to fucking, uh, burp. how is it? Turn it off, turn it out, whatever. It's like, stop. Hey, stop. 
Yeah. So let me ask you as, as, cause the three years is, is pretty new here in uh, the fire service. What do you, what is your perspective when you do go into an environment that's super toxic, negative, um, not your guys, not your girls, not your, your vibe, not your mindset. How do you thrive in that environment? Oh, <laughs> uh, bro. I didn't know environment was so prolific to an individual. For example, if, for example, you speak to a flower certain way, you know, that flower blooms. In an environment that's conducive and productive to that flower, you, on the, on the other side, you speak to a flower in negative connotations and not, not a good environment, that flower would dwindle and not grow and not, and not, um, not thrive. Unless it's the lotus flower, then that that motherfucker grows anywhere. But yeah, so environment, like-minded individuals, is huge. Let let me tell you, I didn't know it could happen to me. I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. I was consumed by my environment. You know, I was happy-go-lucky, you know, loving life. And uh, the energy was just being sucked out of me. In two instances, two very distinct instances. I used to be a ICU ER tech at a at a local hospital here. I was an ICU tech. From ICU, there's only one way: either you go to heaven or you like go to the general population and you get better. But most of the time, that wasn't the case. Anyways, young, I had just come back from war. Different perspective on life, full of energy, full of life. And these nurses, these nurses sucked the life out of me. I was like, oh my God, I need to get the fuck out of here. I only lasted a year because I was, this is not for me. You know, I was like, I became aware of my limit. Like, you know what? I don't want to pursue this because it hasn't, it has a negative effect on me. So whatever, which I didn't even know I had, I didn't think I had limits, you know, because when you're younger, you're like Superman and like, oh, I'm indestructible, but that's not the case. It happened to me in the fire service. I was like, oh my God, where am I at? How can this be my introduction to whatever this profession is, this can't be the end all be all. And it wasn't. So I was, I moved from that environment to somewhere else where like training was uh, emphasized, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, let's make each other better. Let's do work. Let's show up. Let's dominate and let's, uh, let's train, you know, if you don't know something, Let's work on that so you could so you could be proficient at it. Because we're not born knowing anything, man. We're we're clean slates, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you know, this person, you know, is genetics or whatever. No, no, no. You probably don't know that motherfucker wakes up at five, you know, works out, you know, he's in he's in his gears in the truck by six and he's ready for the day because to relieve the person that was in the ship before. So yeah. A couple of things that uh back circle circling back to what you asked me, the lessons learned on the job. Show up for your guy on time. Positive attitude, right uniform, man. That 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 goes a long way, you know. And uh, again, about lessons learned on the job. I didn't know there's so many, like the call volumes. Right. Any given day, any given moment, you get called, you show up, and you help out that person's emergency. Like you could get called for anything and everything under the sun. I did not know that. So that's another lesson learned. Anything and everything under the sun, you show up. Proper tools. Uh, solve any problem. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, man, that's that's a, a mindset and attitude that I have 
is um, when I respond to a call, I will help, right? And, and it, it doesn't matter what that is, right? The first question I ask when I walk in the house and or fire or, or, or whatever the call is, is how can I help? If right now they called the Pope, the president, and they said, hey, Julian was here and they, and, and, and they were asked, what did Julian do? I want them to say that he helped, right? I don't want them to say he was negative. I don't want them to say he had an attitude. I don't want them to say that he was rude, mean. Like, that's not my job. That's not my place. You know what I mean? And I think we have gotten this this uh, attitude of it's entitlement, man. It's entitlement that they don't deserve your help, right? And we, we get to, uh, you know, classify what help is and what an emergency is. And this isn't that. This is they don't need help. Like that's your opinion, man. And you're not in a, any position to make that, you know, like you're in a position to help. So anybody out there, guys, listen, no matter what happens, be helpful, right? Uh, br- bring, bring light to a situation. Don't bring darkness. And um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and and leave it there. Guys, you can follow Eric on Instagram. Um, Eric, please talk about your, your business that you, you've launched and that, you know, I, I think is amazing and, and has uh, a lot of potential to grow. So let's talk about that real quick. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, I've re- I recently launched uh, Uncivil Apparel, and you can find us at uncivilapparel.com. And it's pretty much for anyone and, and everyone. Um, what you'll see is, uh, you know, it, it's for the sheepdog, you know, protectors of, you know, you know, of everyday person, right? So it, it caters to law enforcement, military, uh, firefighters, uh, your single mom, I mean, um, your gym enthusiast, uh, check out the, the brand. Uh, I initially started with, you know, Uncivil is the brand with the mindset that anything is absolutely possible because I lived it. I believe it. Um, so, yeah, UncivilPro.com, please check it out. Uh, if anything resonates with you, uh, just go ahead and give us a shout out. Love it, bro. Love it. Awesome. All right, guys, so uh, we're going to end up this episode. Episode two is in the books with Eric Biddle. And uh, I just want to say, bro, thank you so much for coming online and uh, sharing your perspective, insight, and inspiration to the guests. And um, I appreciate you. One more thing before you go. Junior, I just, just want to say, man, I believe in you, man. I see what you're doing. And uh, we've been in communication. I just want to give you a shout out. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm humbled and honored to be on your, on your podcast. I really believe in what you're doing. And I just want to be part of the journey, man. Whatever I can do to help you out, um, you just let me know. Thank you, bro. Thank you. And guys, let, let that be a lesson that, you know, you you get what you put in, right? And, uh, you know, I, I, I truly believe that in life, your your actions and your message are important. But understand you can't do anything alone. And everybody along the journey will, will help you. Um, even if you believe that, you know, they weren't a help, you have to open up your perspective back to that fisheye view and understand that everything in life is is to help you, right? And if that's to take things away, to put you in a negative spot, to make you uncomfortable, these are all things that are going to make you grow, make you become a better person. And uh, my friend Eric here, I know we'll be lifelong friends, and um, and I, I'm truly grateful for him being in my life. And uh, yeah, guys, so tune into the next episode. See you guys later.